people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, open our ears and our minds and our hearts to the word you have for each and every one of us this day. And as I stand before you as your servant, I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In seminary, one of the short lessons they teach to us is that you should be prepared to preach, pray, or die at a moment's notice. And that can seem daunting <laughs> to think about always having a sermon at the ready, always having an opportunity to share what God has done in our midst. But I found myself in that situation when I was going out for a girls' night with some friends. And we were going to a comedy club. And I can't even remember who the comedian was that was on the stage. Um, but we were at the Improv Comedy Club in Washington, D.C. And I didn't know all of the women around the table very well. I had a couple of friends there. Um, but the moment came in between sets, between who was going to go on next, and, and there was a lull in the conversation that someone turned to me and said, why is it you became a minister? And I'm thinking, I'm just trying to enjoy my hors d'oeuvres and have a night out. Um, but I had to go back and tell the story about a day, and I've shared the story before, but the day where um, I really felt the call of God on my heart as a woman came to me and handed me a candy bar wrapper, a candy bar and a pamphlet. Um, and that's another story for another time. But I told my testimony there of how God had moved me from all the plans that I had, everything that was in place, um, every dream that John and I had as newlyweds, uh, to this place where God was calling me to preach. And by the time I told my little five-minute version of my testimony there, um, they were silent. And they were talking about how they felt like they had goosebumps hearing that story. And the hairs on the back of their necks stood up. And for me, I was thinking, I'm just telling my story. I'm just saying this tale of what had happened to me, telling them what had happened in my life on that day. And that's something that, in reality, all of us have to be prepared to do. At a moment's notice, we don't know when someone is going to ask a question about how God has impacted and transformed who we are. So what's our story? What's our story? Every single one of us has a different experience of the living God. Every single one of us has a different way we have experienced the transforming power of God. Or if we don't, we're here hoping that God is going to move in a mighty way. And we find ourselves in good company because when we started this story in Acts last week, 
we had Saul, this persecutor of the Christians, someone who was holding coats for um, everybody while they were stoning Stephen, the first martyr. Well, in the chapters that have taken place between then and now, Saul has had this transformation where he met Jesus, the risen Lord, upon the road one day. And now, here he is, going out all over the region, setting sail and going from place to place to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so as it turns out, as he and his companions are there, they go and they do what good Jewish men did at the time and still do today, just they go to the synagogue on the Sabbath. And they found their seats there. And there was the traditional reading of the law and the prophets, but then the synagogue leaders invited them. Brothers, if one of you has a sermon for the people, please speak. Could you imagine if I did that to you all? If I just said, okay, one of you, speak. Stand up and give us a sermon. I want to hear what, what you have to say about God. Well, that was the tradition. And we think about it in, in some of our Christian traditions, People still do that. The Quakers, for example, in their meetings, they will all sit in silence until the moment that someone may feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit to stand and say something. And there are other examples, too, of the power of a testimony of what God is doing in the midst of the people. But this is what I love about this part, the gospel here in this chapter. It reminds me of one of my favorite hymns, um, There is a Balm in Gilead. And we want to be more upbeat on the evening, so we're not going to sing that. But there's a great line in that hymn, There's a Balm in Gilead. It says, if you can't preach like Peter, if you can't pray like Paul, then tell the love of Jesus and how he died for all. That is what the gospel is. And sometimes we think we have to have some amazing story of what God has done to touch us. But you know what? Sometimes people just need to hear the old, old story. More people in our communities now than ever before don't know the basic story of the scripture. And so this here, these words that Paul shares with the people as he stands up and he's gesturing with his hands and he's asking everybody there to listen to him. He doesn't start by saying, you remember me? Have you heard about who I am and what Jesus did on that road? No. He goes back to the beginning. He goes back to what the people understand and what they know. And he talks about how God had been moving throughout the history of Israel, through all of their ancestors, how God had brought deliverance from the land of Egypt, how God had brought them out of the wilderness and was going ahead to help them conquer all of these lands to receive the promise that God had. And that when they needed people to lead them and guide them, that God would raise up judges and at the time, when they wanted to be like the others, they wanted to have a king, that the same Lord gave them a king. And it's in that line of David that the Messiah was born. 
So he comes and he shares this whole span of how God has lived and breathed and moved among the people for all time. And here, he ends with this. He says, Before Jesus' appearance, John proclaimed to all the Israelites a baptism to show they were changing their hearts and lives. And as John was completing his mission, he said, Who do you think I am? I'm not the one you think I am, but he is coming after me. I'm not worthy to loosen his sandals. I love this question that John the Baptist has, who do you think I am? Because a lot of times that's where our testimony begins. When we can point to who we think Jesus is in our lives, that's how we begin to to connect all of these threads through all of the biblical story, all of that history, even to our lives today. Who we say Jesus is, is how we bring all of this together to begin a testimony, to look back and see how God has been moving in each and every one of our lives. Now, the other day, John and I were watching TV, and uh, it, it was funny because I started this conversation with Ernie. I don't even know how we got on the topic but I was telling him about childbirth and how much it hurts. (laughs) And I get a little anxious about it, because you know they say, mothers, you always forget the pain when you hold your child. I do not forget. And so already these months out, I was very nervous about it, and John's flipping through the channels, and we're watching this story about a pilgrimage site in New Mexico where people go and collect holy dirt to, to bless one another. And right after I had that conversation with Ernie, the presenter on the TV starts talking about his wife at a time when she was so anxious to have their sixth child and how he had blessed her and prayed over her. And it was one of those things. We stopped and we looked at each other. We said, are you serious? We were just talking about that. And it's as if God was saying, you don't have to be afraid. You've done this before, (laughs) but you don't have to be afraid. But see, if we don't name that as a little miracle, one of those God winks, as, as one of those places of grace where God touches us, even here and now, today, that that we're missing that opportunity to see that God is still holding on to us and blessing us. And that is how we share who God is to all of those people in our community that just need to know that there's hope and that there's a way and that Jesus Christ is that way. Uh, There's a of an aspect to our faith where all of us are called to be these brethren, these sisters who stand up and speak and give voice to how God is still at work. Um, and as, as we draw to the end of this today, um, I'm going to show you a beautiful song called The Storyteller because I think it sums up what we're trying to get at as we talk about sharing life but seeing how God brings together all of these parts of our lives 
to make something even more beautiful than we can see. And I hope as you watch this video and you hear this song, that you see how all of these people have been transformed by the risen Lord. And how the mountains that they're climbing and the valleys that they've experienced are all brought together. And they be these storytellers just like each of these people. Oh, <laughs> 
always makes me cry. <laughs> when I think about just the brokenness and how each one of those people were, was at this point of uh, just hopelessness and lifelessness, but that God still moved in mighty ways. And so I pray that all of us can remember the stories that we tell of how God holds us when we're broken and he hears our every cry and he's there all along. That's the story we tell. Thanks be to God. Amen.